every youngster here on the Michigan team has dreamt of the day that he someday would play on a championship team and come to the Rose Bowl and play in the granddaddy of them all. Craig, I need you to fill this in for me. You're happiest if Michigan does what this Saturday? I am happiest if the Michigan defense has zero let up from Saturday's performance. I think that's important. Obviously, we saw some really positive things in week one. A win against Florida, 33-17. to Should have been 33-3. to We won't talk about why. I feel like I'd be a dead horse in the last podcast talking about the quarterback, but... So you're looking, you're looking right at the defense right away, which I think is smart because you hold the opponent to, to scoring few points and you have a better chance of beating that opponent. However, I think the offense is just as important because if there was one worry and issue that we saw, at least at some parts during the game, it was the offense. So taking a look at the offense this Saturday against Cincinnati, noon game, ABC, what do you want to see uh, as they come out right away and, and start putting it to Cincinnati? I want to see them just establish the run game very early on and not establish the run game in the sense of a couple yards here and there and and dominating the line of scrimmage, but I want to see them just smack Cincinnati in the mouth right in the run game. Uh, I feel like they did a, a pretty good job. I felt like the offensive line did a good job on Saturday. Um, I was somewhat happy with the running backs, I suppose, but... I feel as though some of the running backs didn't impress as much as maybe the hype was um, for them all offseason. So I want to see some big runs on Saturday, some big touchdown runs, and just a good running attack from Michigan this Saturday. So do you have a favorite running back after after Saturday's performance against Florida? I have a favorite running back since week four of last season. And that, that is? That's Karan Higdon, and I've made that very clear time and time again. Uh, I think I still think that he runs the hardest. He, I don't know that he's the most talented, but I feel most confident that we're going to pick up yardage when he's in the game. Um, I just like his running style. So he saw limited action compared to maybe a Chris Evans or Ty Isaac. However, he did score a touchdown. Now, what about Ty Isaac, though? What did, what did you see from Ty Isaac that you liked? I saw, I don't know if this is actually true, but I saw a slimmed down Ty Isaac. I felt like Ty Isaac looked, and maybe it was just the new jerseys, I don't know, but Ty Isaac looked like a whole new player to me. I know that you and I, on a pad, on a podcast this summer, or maybe even a couple, um, I definitely dogged on Ty Isaac and said that he's probably my least favorite Michigan running back because he's just so boring and just kind of plods through the line and that wasn't the case at all on Saturday. Ty Isaac was running with purpose, and he looked good. Yeah, he came out looking like he had something to prove. It was his first 100-yard rushing game since last September. He did it against UNLV, one yard short uh, of his of his best with 114 total against Florida. Uh, did it on 11 carries. But I will tell you what, I look forward to seeing him, uh, Chris Evans, Karan Higdon, Whoever it's going to be, I think, again, they need to establish the running game early. That's going to help them in the long run. I think just to get the offense going more so. It kind of leads me to think about when they're in the red zone or in that third down situation, they had that one play, third and 12. They handed it off to to Ty Isaac Lake. He busted for 30, 40 yards. Obviously a big play, a big moment in the game. 
Red zone scoring was was pretty successful. Three out of four tries. I think the one was the miss by Quinn Nordine, who we'll talk about in a little bit from either 32 or 33 yards out. But if they can get into the red zone first and foremost and then convert, obviously that means positive things for the Wolverines. Do you agree? I agree. And let me ask you something. Do you, do you feel like Chris Evans played a, a good game on, on Saturday against the Gators? I don't think he played a a bad game. I would I would say he played what I would refer to as a yawn game. Yeah. Uh, he made a couple of uh, good scampers there, a couple of shifty moves. Uh, I don't know his total uh, yards, but it, it wasn't anything to, to, to dream about seeing again. Whereas Ty Isaac, I think it was just so good to see him come out and have a big game like he did at a time last season against a, a good team in Florida. They're, they uh, might not be the best in the SEC. There's a lot to come from them. They have a lot of questions to still answer. Obviously, it seems like Michigan answered many of the questions going into the first week. But I think that there is a breakout game uh, for the 2017 season yet to come for Chris Evans, and possibly it could be could be this weekend. Oh, for sure. I, I There's no doubt in my mind that Chris Evans is the most talented running back in the Michigan backfield. I just kind of feel the same way, that it was it was one of those yawn games, like you said, um, where it just didn't seem like he, he did much. Um, but then I look at his, his totals after the game, and he was averaging something like three and a half yards every carry, and I guess if you can do that, it'll move the chains. Um, it just didn't seem like he was really even in the game. There were a couple times where I'd look up, and it's like, oh, he's back in the game and didn't even realize. Um, but I, I, I think, yeah, I think he gets back on track this weekend. I think he has a big game, and I think he has a big season. So. So he had the most carries on the team. He had 22 compared to Ty Isaac's 11. But I think part of the reason uh, it goes, <coughs> excuse me, it goes kind of unnoticed is he only had 78 yards. He did not score a touchdown. Now either did Ty Isaac again. Karan Higdon did just off seven rushes and 28 yards. But I look for him to continue to get the the bulk of the carries. Uh, I want to say it would be a little bit closer this this week just because Ty Isaac had such success on the ground. But I still expect Chris Evans to get anywhere from 18 to 20 carries a game. And then obviously I think he has the ability uh, to break one either up the middle to the outside and, and hopefully he'll find the end zone. So someone I've been dying to talk about is this Quinn Nordine. I mean, the fact that he could have had, what, three field goals, 50-plus, and had five could have had five field goals total for the game. Now he ended three for five. Kind of all of the all of the rush we felt and the excitement we felt dropped off after he missed uh, I think a 52 yarder. Then he also missed either a 32 or a 33 yarder. What do you think about Quinn Nordine? How excited are you that it seems? I know it's early. It's just one game, but it seems like anytime you can get close, even if the offense stalls, we should put three points up on the board. Well, this goes back to even last year, just reports that you'd hear about him in practice just has a monster leg. And even in the spring game this year, I think he knocked knocked at least one uh, long one through and, and by quite a bit. And just talking to a few people after the game, it was like they were in disbelief that he missed his last two field goals. And I think for me it was more I was in disbelief that he came out and knocked through the first three um, two of those being 50-plus yards, and a guy playing in his first game for Michigan, his first Division One football game uh, in AT&T Stadium, that's crazy to me that he just went in there, um, ice in his veins, and knocked him through. So, I, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to help. Anytime you have a defense as strong as the Michigan defense 
is. I don't. I'm not even going to say is going to be because they're strong. They have a great defensive coordinator. Uh, anytime you can have that and a kicker that can score you points from long range out, that bodes well for your offense, especially when. Michigan struggles to move the ball at times or struggles to keep possession sometimes. And the kicking game was so so laughable for so many years, especially in the, the Rich Rod and the Brady Hoke. I mean, Kenny Allen came out at times, uh, but he even struggled at first. And I misspoke. He booted four field goals. I think I said three for five, so that means he was four, four for six. And you get that first one, it's 25 yards. It ties the game 3-3, three, three, slow-paced game. And and then you're right, he comes out and, and boots those 250-plus yarders and first kicker in program history to have two of them in the same game. I was part of that crowd. I was like, this kid's not going to miss. Like, anywhere within 50 yards, it's a sure thing. Now he missed the other, and then he missed one under 50 yards. And so he's human, obviously. It proved that. But I am just satisfied to see him come out. I mean, what a start to his young career and hopefully continues to – to keep up the pace, he's on. He's coming off of two misses, technically, so we'll see how quick he gets in, but I think he'll boot in three or four more of them. Yeah, for sure. I don't, you don't trot a guy out there from 50-plus yards if you don't have confidence that he can make it uh, with no doubt. And so I think maybe those last two were kind of a fluke-type deal. Um, maybe he was thinking of something else. Maybe something happened with the snap that just threw off his timing just enough to miss it, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for what's to come with this kid. So field goals are important. Obviously, it's points on the boards. We would wish that every possession ends in a touchdown, but it's not going to happen, especially as the defenses get tougher as the season goes on. But a 55-yard field goal, I am down to watch no matter what happened during the drive. If Michigan wants to stall out and he's going to come out and kick another 55-yarder, I am all about that. I will be tweet-happy. And, and I will be looking forward to seeing a season full of, of awesome kicks like that. Speaking of non-offensive scoring, obviously in the fourth quarter to kind of put the game away for sure, Chase Winovich had a, had a forced fumble on the sack and Noel Furbush recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. That wasn't the most exciting play in terms of a, a strip sack and touchdown. I like the scoop and scores where you see the big guys running and outrunning the, the coverage. You get the wide receivers trying to catch up. But falling out of the end zone to to secure a victory, I guess, is exciting and obviously uh, meant good things for the Wolverines. So let's talk a little bit about defensive touchdowns. Obviously, Michigan gave up two of them, uh, or special teams touchdowns, and, and how important that's going to be this season as, as the offense looks for uh, to answer a couple of more questions. The defense, I mean, the Michigan defense played lights out on Saturday. There's no question about that. And if, they, if we can get performances like that out of them every week, I'm not too worried. I mean, you look at even teams like Alabama. They are they're made by their defense. They don't necessarily have the greatest quarterback statistic-wise, uh, but they have guys that go out there and play tough defense. And and that's why I think Michigan's right there at the top when you talk about best teams in the country. I think that this defense is going to be great. Um, I, I don't want to say they're already great, but... They're definitely gonna gonna be great, and I don't think that's the last touchdown they're gonna score this year. They may even score another one on Saturday. And anytime you can do that, that definitely helps your offense uh, tremendously, especially in a game like Saturday where Michigan had just given up. Well, not just given up, but they had given up earlier in the game two touchdowns. Um, that doesn't look that doesn't look good on the defense when somebody looks at the final score. Um, 
as a defensive guy, that probably upsets you a little bit because those are points that they look bad against you, but you didn't really have anything to do with them. Yeah, luckily, Don Brown gets to look at the game and realize, hey, we held them to three points. But, yeah, you're right. To the to the average viewer or just the team in general, they did still give up 17 points, and so those 17 points were on the board, and you just have to live with it. It would be a shame if I didn't mention that this is the Divine Intervention. I'm Derek Divine. Follow me on Twitter at Divine Identity. Co-host Craig Compton, as always, follow him at Craig Compton underscore. Check us out on Facebook, Wolverine Sounds. Check us out on Twitter at Wolverine Sounds. Always bringing you content via Wolverine Sounds on Podbean. Craig, I have a question about, I guess, about last Saturday. Was there anything that really just worried you? Just like, just like, man, that worries me a little bit. Uh, well, I think early in the game, uh, there were some shots thrown. Uh, towards Levert Hill's way that obviously Florida saw something and thought that, hey, we can attack this guy. Um, It wasn't necessarily there in the second half of the game, and maybe it's just an adjustment that they fixed, Uh, but that kind of worried me a little bit because you hear all this stuff all summer about how he's the the leading cornerback and how he gets all this stuff, and uh, and then they come out and that – second play from scrimmage they throw the deep ball to his side and um they complete it down the field so i guess that that's probably my biggest thing that i'm worried about the second biggest thing i guess Wilton spate um but even that i'm not concerned i have i wish people would just leave that alone and and realize that he's the starter um and no matter how many tweets you send out that's not going to change things i think that his when he threw the deep ball on Saturday, it was there. Um, and I think with Tariq Black, Kakoa Crawford, Eddie McDoom, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Michigan's going to be taking some big shots down the field. And so I like that. Um, I like the Wilton Spate that throws the 5-yard, 10-yard out. I don't necessarily like the Wilton Spate that throws it across the middle of the field. Uh, that one kind of scares me a little bit. But I guess his second pick six was on a little outplay, so... I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but I guess I'm not as concerned about Wilton Spate as some people. Yeah, there's some people out there that are advocates for Wilton Spate is not our guy, and I kind of turn to them and say, "Who, who is your guy?" Right. And we'll we'll leave that for for a later discussion. See how the next couple of games pans out. I think he'll be fine. I can second you on the secondary. We talked about the secondary struggles. That was one of the glaringly obvious questions going into the season: is who would step up. I saw that too. Uh, it seems like they were being targeted. It seemed like it was going to work for Florida. And then obviously after the three big plays Michigan gave up early, uh, nothing worked offensively for Florida because that defensive line and linebacking core was too good. If I had to pick something different than you, I would say uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones worries me. Uh, returning punts. He, he made a couple of, of uh, decisions that I would call them sketchy decisions. Now we fielded every punt. Uh, there were a couple of times where he could have let it bounce and, and maybe go into the end zone, but he's a playmaker. He wants to make plays, and what I will say is it's got to be a positive thing to see him back there because to not be the starting receiver and, and have Tariq Black start over you proves to me that the coaching staff believes that he has something uh, that somebody else on the team doesn't have, and they just simply need to keep him out there. If that's where they want to put him, I am 100% down for that. 
I hope that he can look at some of the tape and see some of the times where he should have let the ball drop. Uh, and I just hope that obviously he doesn't muff them because in a big game, when you're trying to make a play at home against a Michigan State or on the road against a Penn State or Wisconsin or in a bowl game or obviously the big one at the end of the year, Ohio State, you cannot afford to make mistakes on special teams. So with that, though, if he's going to be a little bit risky like Jabril Peppers was at times, as long as he can secure the ball, he might take one to the house and, and I will be eating my words and and apologize to everyone for even bringing this up as a worry. Yeah, no, going right off that, I mean, that was definitely a concern that I had on Saturday, but part of me kind of thinks, like, maybe the coaching staff's okay with that because unless I didn't see it, I never, you know, I don't recall seeing a coach yell at him after any punt returns, never any negativity of, hey, you should not have have fielded that. Um, I think that they just have all the faith in the world in that kid and think that, He's a playmaker. I mean, nobody had a problem with with Jabril Peppers doing it last year, um, and maybe that's just because that's Donovan Peoples-Jones' first game that, that he's played in for Michigan, so people don't really know how to react. But, yeah, I guess that that's a little bit concerning. But Hey, as long as he can hold on to the ball, I don't care if he fields a punt and Angus tackled two yards up the field. I mean, as long yeah. as he is fielding the ball, um, I don't need to see a fair catch. I, I, I think that's kind of boring, actually, but – you know, you see so many times in big games, big teams, so many errors. I think of the the Florida State-Alabama game and all of the, the bonehead mistakes that were made in Florida State's end to kind of take them out of the game. So, You know, real fast, speaking of bonehead mistakes, I guess now thinking about it, something that does concern me is Devin Bush and how just crazy that guy is. Uh, last year I loved him on special teams, but even there he made just – some stupid decisions at times, and then the first play of the game uh, goes into review what seems like six hours. Um, I guess that's a little concerning to me. He's definitely a playmaker, and I don't know that the Michigan defense is the same without him out there, and so we can't afford to lose him at any point for a targeting play or just a stupid after after the whistle, something stupid penalty. Yeah, that I would say that he is definitely important. He looked like one of the best players, not the best defensive player out there at times. Losing him in the first play would have meant losing the leading tackler and tack, tackles for loss, guys. So glad to see that that didn't pan out. Craig, the only thing that was longer than waiting for the season to start was waiting to see if they were going to call that targeting yep. call. You're yep. right. That seemed like six months that it took. And I know it's because it's the beginning of the season and the game just started and you want to see what the defense looks like, but... That was brutal. But, yeah, he needs to avoid – anyone needs to avoid trying to get uh, involved in a play that could lead to any personal fouls or, or definitely the targeting. No one knows what targeting is, including the NCAA officials. So I, I would never just lead with the head, even if you knew that you were going to make contact with the body. Craig, you got anything else this weekend? You want to throw out a score prediction or, or give any last thoughts about this Saturday's matchup? I will give a score prediction uh... – Tomorrow afternoon, I believe. Uh, actually, today. No, tomorrow afternoon. And uh, you can read it on uh, Wolverine Sounds. I am right there with you. I'm going to save mine. I was just trying to trick you to see if you'd give up information before it's meant to be released. Never. Well, that's all we have on Divine Intervention on Wolverine Sounds. Once again, I'm Derek Devine. Joining me was Craig Compton, and we'll catch you next week, hopefully after a Michigan win. Go Blue.